0: All right, here we go. Take one. You know, there are people out there who seem to consistently take from others, whether it be through negativity or blaming everybody else for their problems. And even a sense of hypocrisy as what is okay for me may not be necessarily okay for you. And then we have those that are working to truly help people without judgment, having the ability to understand the ambivalent nature of things and offer hope to some who are suffering or seem lost in this confusing world. Now, stay tuned as I get the honor of introducing my guest today. Now, she's an author. She is a motivational speaker and a friend that we may all be looking for in our life. I wanna remind everybody as you watch this video, and I am far from perfect, and you're gonna see as I recorded this video that I didn't have the typical side-by-side view at times until a portion of the way through the, throughout it, until I realized it. And there's even a couple of parts that sort of zoom into me when my guest is actually speaking, so I apologize for that. But I'm okay with that lack of perfection because, well, I am human. I'll see you in a second.
1: take your passion and your heart and put it into the rainforest? Will you go ahead and help feed the hungry that's out there? Will you go ahead and help in the world of recycling? Are you going to be the one that helps that young child? Are you going to be the one that helps the parent who doesn't understand their student? Are you going to be the one that helps the teacher?
0: Hey everybody, and I wanna thank you for tuning back into High Wall Clean. My name is Eric McCoy. You know, one of the most well-known American psychologists was Abraham Maslow, who was best known for creating the hierarchy of needs, which was a, it was a theory of psychological health predicated on you know, fulfilling innate human needs and priority. And this peaked with what he called self-actualization. And this referred to our need to realize all of our potential to become everything that we can possibly be. But toward the end of his life, Maslow, he began to have doubts about this model, and he realized that the hierarchy was incomplete. And in his personal journey and journal that he actually wrote, he published, and this was published after his death in 1970 he described a self-actualization wasn't the final level, but instead self-transcendence. Now, even though the term self-actualization was most associated with Abraham Maslow, it was originally introduced by this guy by the name of Kurt Goldstein, who was a physician that specialized in psychiatry during the early part of the 20th century. And Goldstein viewed self-actualization as the ultimate goal of every organism, and he referred to our desire for self-fulfillment. Carl Rogers, he believed that for a person to achieve self-actualization, they need to be in a state of what he called congruence. When a person's ideal self or who they would like to be is congruent with their actual behavior or what he called self-image. And then Maslow described several characteristics of self-actualized people, but he realized that he had bundled the characteristics of self-transcendent people with those of self-actualized people. And he thought that self-transcendence was more defined by what he called peak experiences than self-actualization. And he theorized that we have a strong need to become all that we can be. But once that need is met, some will continue to feel needs beyond the self to pursue goals that may in fact have little to do with the self at all. So in in simpler terms, it's the realization that you are one small part of a greater whole and acting accordingly. And it is other-focused instead of self-focused and concerns higher goals than those which are self-serving. Now, I explained all of that stuff because I wanted to introduce my guest today, who is Rosalind Kahn, And she is definitely a self-actualizer, but possibly has moved into the realm of self-transcendence according to what their definition is. So she teaches public speaking, has taught interpersonal communication. She has a master's degree in speech communication from Cal State Northridge. And she earned her bachelor's degree from UC Santa Barbara. Her goal is to bring results-driven focus to help individuals and organizations, I believe, to improve the effectiveness of their message. She's a professional speaker And has, I guess, a few TED Talks under her belt. She's the author of Random Acts of Kindness and Dogs and Roses, Reducing Stress and Anxiety in Two Days' Troubled Times. And has a program called Reach Out versus Strike Out. Also, I probably shouldn't forget that since I actually wrote a review in this book, she also had a book called A Message for Tomorrow's Leader. Rosalind, I want to thank you for coming on today.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I was I was enjoying that 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 story of, of psychology because we teach that in our communication class of when students go out and, and give those speeches. And I was I was thinking, you know, kind of beyond that. It's it's as you say, we hit a goal and we think that's really it. Oh my God, I've made it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It happens after every radio interview. And then you walk away. And the dishes need to get clean. Dinner <laughs> needs to get made.
0: And there's got to be something more.
1: And 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 there's and there's and there's got to be something more. But I think that the bigger transcendence is, I I remember, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. and I'm going to be blunt. You know, sometimes we just think about the glory in me and what I want, what I want to achieve. It's all part of the American way of the individualistic society. Mm-hmm. But a transformation happened today because I was in a meeting, Global Society Female Executives, and they had this little assessment they did of where we were. And normally I would write a letter with this is what I want, 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 I want. And as I finished writing down what I want, I said, No, Rosalind. You have to begin with a compliment. Dear XYC, I have heard amazing, incredible things about what you and what you've done. By what I've heard, you are an excellent organizer, you're an excellent salesperson, you know how to get people together. And I'm writing to you because I think we share some very similar things. And we've got similar ideas about how we want to help our kids. And i read it back. And normally, I just send things in the past. And I read it over and over and over and it took a whole hour. And when I thought about it, I thought about my life in the past and you get far more when you compliment people and let them know that you're on your side than, than just saying, can you help me? Absolutely. I, I, th- I think that's, that's what it's all about. And as I was closing my letter, another friend of mine that I have to thank Dr. Mariel Mc- McKinley um, is, um, she had said something about, um. You know, the greatest way to, to someone's heart is to have them come to love you each and every way. And we're not talking about a romantic relationship, but love you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And when people like you for, for that, yeah. they will do almost anything. And I think that's that's kind of what you're you're going ahead and talking about, because young people growing up just think that I'm gonna get this million dollar job. And it's all gonna work out just like I've always wanted. And they're put as this starter. And today's youth are in and out of a company in three years. Yeah. And, you know, they're always going for that, that, that next mighty one because <laughs> they're, 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 they, they've reached the actualization of what they thought hey, I got the degree. Where's, where's the money? Where's the moolah? Where's it gonna take me? Do you see that a, lot, a lot of that with your students?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now you have the so reach out versus strike out. That is right. a that is a program directed towards stopping school violence. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, at, at at a moment I was I was looking at doing that. There was a person who was named by Raven Blair, and I'm I'm very taken in by what happens in society. And at that very time, there was some incidents that came on on bullying and so if you go to my youtube channel which is just Rosalind Khan, you'll hear me at this conference talking about what's going on with the violence in the kids at the school and you know just just to put a face on it if we go back in my history i've been a teacher for 20 years and i've saved people's lives and my life has been at risk for for going ahead and doing that and so in this this one situation i Had a paper that I no longer give, which is called the Getting to Know You exercise, where I ask people to tell me about themselves. And I say, if there's, I'm not going to get up and share it and say, hey, here's Eric's life story. Let me tell you about, you know, what Eric did. I said, I I don't do that. But if there's something in there that shows that it needs something, I'm going to be there for you. Mm -hmm. And so, on on this particular case, this young gentleman named Nameless, and I, I, I can see the whole classroom as it's there. Talked about slitting his wrist and getting taken out of his parents' house and going to his grandmother's house. And he still couldn't get these ideas out of his head. And to me, it was, it was a message calling for, for help in in some way. And so when I, I made the referral, uh, not everybody is all about, is about all about getting that help. And so I was, called by the police and a sergeant telling me that um they were going to have a protective watch on me that at all the schools they were going to make sure that when i left my house and when i came to my class, i had to be really super super careful and um
0: and what was this what was this revolving around
1: a statement that he made on, a, on an introductory essay and that I read it and I took it for what it was worth. And I said, this kid needs some help. And I tried to get him help. And then, and then my life was, was, was at risk. And, you know, I want people to know that this year I received a award for kindness and I, I often say this year is a culmination of all the things I did because, you know, so many years I've, I've done so much for the AIDS society and raising money for this organization. I said, no one really wrote us this. No one really sees what I'm doing. And they, they, they gave me this, this award and it was for the kindness for the San Fernando Valley, the Global Society of Female Executives. And I thought that was great. But, but back onto this strikeout is I tried to go to the schools and, and see what I could do on the violence in the schools and sometimes we have a message and we want to 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 get to people and I realized the system was already there and there wasn't much that I could do and so I converted it to what I do in my classroom and I try and create families with my students so they can feel comfortable of what they're saying of bringing them out of their shell of when they give these speeches and they're saying things they've never said that's what happens in our classroom doesn't leave our classroom. And so I believe that my message and how I, I interact with the students in my classes, being that humanitarian, who tries to help people. And if you're in my class, then you know we might stay together for years and years and years. Not in a bad way, but you know, I had students who invited me out to one of his song events, and he's a really popular Chase Bell. You can you can check out his music, he's incredible. There's another lady who had Noelle's fashions and um, she was a, a great person in, in the world of fashion and she's gone on to do other different things and I have a TED talk on and she was going ahead and talking about you know bibles and things like that and now she's changed careers three times she was uh, she once wanted to, to to help out humanity and helping out the poor people and then she was an artist and she's a great trust player and she's now going back to her deal to, to get a degree in, in real estate. And I say these things because everybody is an individual and we never know whose life we might touch, but we might be the person who can save their lives. And so it, it was a vision that I had. And then I took this other path. It's kind of like I have three three books in my head. One of them is the one that came out and there's another one that if you go to my Instagram, Rosalind Khan, you will see all my flowers, food, and furry friends, which is the roses in the background. And that's next on the plate, but you got to do one at a time. And then there's the 188 videos that I did on reducing stress that, um, you know, is, is, is another one, but you can only, you can only do one at a time. And as I was saying, thinking about giving back um, I was thinking in my message for tomorrow's leader about making donations to a charity, which is, which is still being defined Um, Dr. Marielle and I are, are looking into that and, you know the Global Society of Female Executives has some some charities that they support, and it's all about giving back and, and helping others. And that's what we all need to do in our world. So I think when you when you talked about that, we think of many famous people, and let's 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 take a few for example. Um, Bill Gates made a whole lot of money, and yet he's out there with educational grants and things for health and so on and so forth, and. Um, you look at Princess Diana, you know, part of the role, she had that, but she was a humanitarian who helped people in the, the, the worst parts of, 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 of disasters of people leaving missiles and grounds. And you, you look at um, the royalty who moved to the United States, Harry and his, his wife, and how they're really changing the world on discrimination. And they knew in the powers of where they were, if they stayed, it wasn't going to happen. And so, you know, joy came to my heart when I saw that the queen and her seniors is going to have a diversity training so she can do that. And they moved to the United States because they wanted to give their kids a real life so that they could go to school and, and be normal people. But I know they have a heart and a passion to the the projects they've given in. And, and these are just small examples and there are, there are, there are many more. And, and I think you like me is, is a person who thrives on learning and what it's all about.
0: Yeah. You know, when I, when I was writing uh, the book, pain, failure and misery are the stepping stones to success. It was right at the time where they had the school shooting in, in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had written a chapter, you know, in there called um, Our Youth Are in Trouble. And you know, I I I kind of looked at the idea that, you know, I mean, bullying is nothing new. You know, bullying's no, been around it's, forever.
1: It's, it's, it's been around forever and it's it's re-mortified. It's now into computers and, and that. And yeah.
0: And I that's think- where it's expanded upon. You know, obviously, like when we were in school, you know, the bullying ended when you went home. Of course, now you know, everybody's got emails, Facebook, you know, so it's a continuous process that can go, you know, and I I talk about this idea of this, um, this just crazy idea of teaching kids how to think for themselves, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and you know, and if you look at Maslow, and you go back to, you know, his idea that, you know, people get stuck, you know, within certain needs, and I think, and I was thinking about this with our youth that, I think a lot of them get stuck in love and belongingness, you know, they get stuck in that. I don't feel loved. I'm looking to be a part of something and that's all the outward stuff. And they never get to that next level of esteem, you know, where they're working on the self-esteem, learning how to um, love themselves, care about themselves, you know, and I've I've thought about that heavily. And I think that's, I, I personally think that's where a lot of these kids get stuck.
1: Well, I think, I think you're right because I'm a, I'm a connector. I meet a lot of people. And there was a lady that I met who worked with kids and teaching young kids how to avoid the, the bullying. And one of the strategies that she'd use is having everybody have an imaginary balloon, and having that, that balloon that, that went with them in, in doing this. And she has this thing where everybody imagines this, this, there's this balloon that's, that's a part of them. And and then she creates a way that, you know, imagine if someone hurt that balloon, how would you feel? And imagine if someone did this, and imagine if someone did that. And out of this whole exercise, she magically gets the kid who's ostracized to come out to the front of the room. And many people don't know what's behind them. And he said, you know, that story sounds a lot like me. You see, my mother died, and my grandma's taking care of me. And she's really sick. And I'm just so worried about what am I going to do if my grandmother leaves me? She's all that I have. And so sometimes when I'm at school, I'm feeling like she's the only one. And another kid in the audience comes up to her and he puts his hand around her. He says, I'll be your friend. I'll be there for you. And she does this in countless schools after schools after schools. And you know, I think in today's world where there's so many broken families and families that are going through divorce and we look at the pandemics and there's skyrocketing amount of kids committing suicide but you're also seeing times where the the victim was at the same place as the one who was the abuser and the numbers of people who are looking at divorce because they they can't stand this person who they now have to spend hours and hours and hours of time there they they realize it's 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 not worth it and you know it's like the battery and the abuse centers have more people than they can go ahead and take because it's it's put it on its head but when we we look on the other hand there's a bright light and the bright light is this in the pandemic 50% of the people out there started a new career and started a business and they started this opportunity. And if there's anybody listening to this show, I want you to think about this. What's something that you've always wanted to do that you've never done? Is it a language you wanted to learn? Is it an instrument you wanted to play? Is it some robotics thing that you thought that you could go ahead and create? You can go on YouTube now and you can learn anything that you want to learn, anything. And what if after listening to the show you, you turned off your, your games and you went on to YouTube and you just put in something on what is your dream, what is important to you? I had this one TED Talk I gave it that kind of brings us to life. It's called um, Breaking Cultural Barriers and How Everyone Can Make a Difference. And I talk about three ordinary people and how they shifted and, and changed the world And the title of this whole conference was If, and I talk about Rosa Parks, I talk about the Olympic who was in the the civil rights movement, and the lady who helped in the, the, the derby, and I say to them, think about these things, three people. They didn't wake up one day and say someday i'm going to change the world they just went out there and did it and so i want to ask you when this show is over what are you going to go out and do are you going to help a senior are you going to plan the next trip to the moon are you going to help the garbage people deal more productively are you going to look at global warming are you going to look at the abuse of children? Are you gonna look at families? Are you gonna look at all the different things? There's so many things that people can choose from. And I think that's what people need to hear because there's a way that we can overcome that stress and duress. And the one thing is to simply just stop and breathe. So I'm gonna teach you this exercise, Eric. I want you to sit back, put your shoulders up straight and tall. This is a participatory exercise. (sighs) We're gonna do this for the count of six, four, and two. You're gonna breathe in for six. You're gonna you're gonna breathe in, hold it. You're gonna count six, then we're gonna to go to four, and then we're gonna to go to two, and you release, okay? So if you're listening in the audience, you wanna watch. Okay. Inhale, here we go. One, two, three, go. Six, four, two, relax. Do that again. Take a deep inhale, breathe in. Six, four, two, and relax. Now, I want to tell people listening in the audience the next time you get angry, try this exercise. Share it with the person you're talking with. The other thing I can suggest, just take a walk and go outside. You know, sometimes I just will leave the computer, leave the phone and go out and take a walk. And it's it's amazing because nature has a healing power. We don't know it, but it, it does amazing things. I'm a highly creative driven person and when I get out there, I can see patterns in the grass. I can see patterns in the sky. I can see the colors of the flowers that are calling out to me saying, look at me, appreciate me, respect me. But at how many times do we in a rush in a hurry, go to where we're going, never see these things, never never pay attention to them. But I think those are the things that, that are simple, that don't cost money, that don't cost thousands of dollars. It's not a prescription that you need to go and pick up. And if nothing else, stand up and start dancing and being crazy. Just start dancing, start moving around. These are ways that are strategies that all of us can do to, to get ourselves out of the funk. And then there's the there's the big one. Do you ever feel that you got a list of a thousand things to do every day?
0: That's
1: true. <laughs> and 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 you get to the end of the day and say, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. And a, a friend of mine in a personal development program. Um, so he gave me the saying, and he says, when you get to the end of the day, you count your blessings, you say your gratitudes, and you end with, I did. Mm-hmm. All I needed to do today. And that's enough.
0: Yeah, why, why we all always focus on what we didn't do versus appreciating what we did do.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just like small little simple things, but, you know, I think sometimes if, if we just hear them over and over again, and if you hear them from several different people, they can land down on, yeah, that's, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do.
0: And when all else fails, just start laughing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the, yep. There's, there's a whole thing on, on laugh yoga. Yep. Uh, and Yoga is a wonderful thing of, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I did i did a podcast called let's get high and, and that's was the main focus on it was i literally just go through this insane laughing
1: wow <laughs> that must, purple and <laughs> wow that must that must have been, been fun but but laughter is is that absolutely the the best medicine that's that's out there that can can change the world
0: yeah. the power of the mind
1: and it is it's it's a it's a it's a mind out of over matter and we, I get out the piece of paper and every day, preferably at the beginning, I, I write what I'm grateful for. And if I miss out and it's two o'clock in the afternoon, then I write for what I'm grateful for then. But there was, there was a, a magazine that I got several years ago and it had these couple extra lessons. And the mind's able to remember three, so I remember three things. I said, what did you learn today? And what would you change tomorrow? And I think those are, are great little things that we can do to take assessments and, and fun to go back and, and look at to see where we've been and, and what's
0: happened. I would do a group with clients sometimes. And again, going back to the power of the mind, I would I would um, go up to each client and I, I would, you know, first of all, ask them, how do you guys feel today? You know, and a lot of them are like, uh, yeah, I'm all right, you know. Kind of down a little bit. Some of them, you know, are like, oh, I feel great. But I would go to each client and I would shake their hand and I would say, I want you to repeat what I say. I wish you health and happiness. And then they would say it back. And I'd go to the next one. I wish you health and happiness. And I'd go around the entire room wishing everybody health and happiness. They would say it back to me. I'd tell them just to say it confidently, you believe it or not, just say it. And then I'd have them all get up and they would do it together wish you health and happiness and every single one of them afterwards just felt fantastic you know the power of positive speaking saying good things to somebody hearing those good things back and uh i I really enjoy doing stuff like that because
1: no that's that sounds fun i wish i could do that uh, on the computer here with my students in my class here i'm shaking (laughs) your I wish you health and happiness. Yeah. Got it. Health and happiness. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes next week. And I'll, and I'll, I'll get back to you when we're back to school. I said, I learned this great thing and I want to try it out with you guys.
0: Yeah. See how it works.
1: There you go. <laughs> I will definitely.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. Having the, you know, obviously the presence of being together, not on obviously on, online helps because the shaking of the hand, you know, and the. <laughs> And I like like your ideas, you know, what you're talking about, you know, in terms of, you know, the altruistic nature. I think that is huge, you know, altruism, one of the qualities of happiness, you know, to go out and help people, you know, to do good things for somebody. And there is so much power behind that.
1: Right. It's it's just amazing. I think there's a, a thing on one of my pages, it's called 101 Random Things That You Could Do. And when you simply get out and you help other people, it's it's a a brain interrupt. And you take your brain out from where it's at and you and you go somewhere else. And it's they're they're simple things. Absolutely incredible.
0: And so right now you are, well, obviously you said you're writing more books. <laughs> one Well,
1: we're working, <laughs> on, we're working on, on, on getting the first one out there, a, a message for tomorrow's leaders. And I think it'd be a, a great book to, to add in your in your school system to have, have students read. Because mm-hmm. I have started sharing it with my students and they think, oh my God, that's really powerful. You don't know this, but one of the individuals in the book is a guy by the name of Jonathan Loffman, Jonathan Lightman. And he was over the Faculty Association of California Community Community Colleges. And he has a story in there about him overcoming, living with pancreatic cancer. And he said he had a, a message from his doctor and his doctor said, work until you can and when you can't, you'll have to stop. And he talked about the pain and the misery that he was in, but You would never know that when he was out advocating and talking about those college students and things like that. We became life friends. You see, there's a little bit of rebel inside me. My grandfather was that way. And there came a ballot initiative. And so I was the one who went and got the most signatures to get this this thing on the ballot. And I wish it would have happened. It would help me here today because um, it was to equalize the number of classes people have. And in the pandemic, I just have one class. And mm-hmm. uh, I got an award and I got recognized, but I guess Jonathan saw, saw the good in me at that particular time. And he said, this is a lady I wanna hang out with. And, you know, I'd go to conferences and he'd always go out of his way to see me even when I was no longer there. When I asked him if he could be in the book, he said, you're gonna have to give me to this because this is one I finished at the community colleges. And he said, when his wife read his story, she came to tears. And he says, Roslyn, we got to get this book out in the schools, and uh, each and every kid in every school classroom needs to have this book. And so, if there's anybody out there who's feeling in a, in a giving way and would like to donate these books to to help kids get them, you could talk to Eric or you could talk to myself. So they're they're only 3.97, a downloadable 9.97, less than uh, a Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. And, and the message, and like I said, I'm, I'm looking at a, a charity to, to go ahead and help out with this to make it a, a better place. And that's, that's really part of my heart and soul. And so, you know, when we, we talk about the next ones, they're all about similar things. There's a theme in all of them. And they're all about reducing stress. The food, flower, and furry friends is something I did in the pandemic where a friend of mine had all these stuffed animals. So every day, I would go out and create these different flower arrangements, and I was doing all sorts of them. tried to make that up as a business, but it's really hard in the pandemic when people don't want you in their home. And um, But my creativity just really flew through the roof. and I got three different awards and accolades during that year, and I've gotten several this year. I was recognized before it happened as the Woman of the Year by um, Adrian Nazarian. And then after this event happened, I was recognized by the Los Angeles Business Journal of 2021 of the Women of the Year. I got the Kindness Award in the San Fernando Valley for the 108 things I had done. And then I earned my DTM in Toastmasters, and I thought that was amazing. And then this year, I won a award for Women Awarding Women which is an international thing of a hall of fame of just incredible opportunities. And um, then last week I got this lioness arising with a young lady who's with a financial group who's teaching kids financial literacy and other things and has offered to help get my message out to other people with the books I've written and the things I've done. So it's just, Hmm. the world is is a magical place and, I say, if you, you, you put it out there enough and you you do the things that you do because you want to love and help others, eventually it'll go ahead and come back.
0: You know, this pandemic is, and the way I, I looked at it, it to me, it was a blessing in disguise because it actually forced me to slow down a little bit. Um, and, and it did, it sparked my creativity. I mean, this podcast, you know, evolved because of, you know, being stuck at home and, and, you know, having to deal with that. My house, I've been, you know, remodeling my house, doing it myself, Um, you know, remodeling rooms. I've built a, you know, whole white picket fence outside. I've, um, you know, put some grass, laid grass out there. I've built a well, I've built (laughs) (laughs) all kinds of stuff. And it, you know, and again, it was just the opportunity to be able to slow down and to be able to say, okay, now I get to take a break a little bit. I and mean, then my mind started, you know, my mind's very active, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, whose mind isn't, isn't active. And I think, you know, most of the the big, doodly, you know, I remember talking to people and I, I'd call and say, what are you doing in the pandemic? Well, I finished my six books that I had. I finally got them out there. I went ahead and learned a language. So there was a story, a lady who learned on YouTube how to do flower and garden arrangements and has a, a beautiful business that's that's downtown that the people, the 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 delicatessen that, you know, was getting ready for St. Patty's days, you know, thinking that they were going to go ahead and and close their doors. And, you know, the daughter says, no, we're not. We're going to get a message out and we're going to have people deliver. And how she took this amazing idea and has helped thousands of restaurants keep their, their doors open, or the one who goes ahead, you know, feeds the homeless. There's a, a program of, um, the Kenneth Dobson, um, Feeding the American with um, Kevin Dobson, Fund with um, Pink Ladies' spouse and chaplain mm-hmm. um, and what they do in, in in feeding America, and it's 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 amazing. You know, there's some people who come and deliver some food to our houses as a teacher, and they 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 cater to different people's celebrations, and it's it's interesting. You know. The the meals I've seen and they're really good tasting. They're very healthy, and um, you know they they brought for the, the Jewish holiday. We've gotten several boxes of of matzah so that we can keep that going. And it's just great to know that the the giving heart that this this guy um, Chaplin, had had put together with the the veterans of foreign wars and and created this this program where he asked them what they needed. And so it's one organization that brings many organizations together, unifying, working together like never before, and he doesn't make a penny out of all of it. I have an interesting question to ask you. Mm -hmm. Being in your shoes with all the people that you've worked with, if you could give one piece of advice to parents, to families, about one single thing that they could do to help their young ones.
0: Who are on drugs? To not even
1: go there. To not even go
0: there. not even go there.
1: To not even go there. What What would you say? If you, if you could make, make that magical wand and say, you know, humanity, there's just one thing that you can do. You can do this and you can help your kid live to a happy, healthy life.
0: Teaching healthy communication is a big part. You know, healthy communication. Fear, as we've you know, seeing throughout my life, the fear tactic, you know, of uh, let's scare them, you know, to stay away, doesn't work. And, you know, I think, again, I think so much of it is if families look at, you know, like a healthy family system, what that actually looks like, what is a healthy family system, you know, it's, it's healthy communication, it's allowing your kids to make mistakes. So you have an opportunity to help teach them, you know, the sad thing we're seeing today is, you know, these like helicopter moms, you know, these people that, you know, these mothers, these families that are hovering over them and they don't want their kids to be stressed out. You know, they want to eliminate speech classes because it'll, it's it's stressful. And I think that's the worst thing that we can do. You know, we have to, because then, you know, once that umbrella is removed when they become an adult and they move out, Welcome to life. And if they haven't been taught anything, that's where a lot of people are going to turn to drugs. You know, if you can have healthy communication with your kids, you know, um, you know, and even if you know you're, you're, I mean, most people have tried drugs right? I mean, most people have tried drugs at some point in time, you know? And I think even the fact of like being a parent and saying, look, you know, sitting down with your kids, hey, I just want to, you know, I did smoke weed, you know, I have done that stuff. I have an open, honest communication um, that, you know, includes honesty. And then you can also in education. I mean, I'm a big fan of education and self-responsibility. I mean, that's sort of where I stand with things, you know? Um and I think that is probably one of the, you know, we live in a society today where it's like, we don't, they don't want to talk about drugs in schools. You know, they don't want to talk about sex in schools. Parents are like, Oh no, you know, don't talk about drugs. Cause then they're going to want to do it. That's the worst thing that we can do, you know, because they're probably already seeing them, <laughs> you know, it's probably already been in their face. And so if, you know we can go in and we can educate our you know i have said this numerous times on my podcast and i believe this to be a great tactic in going and talking to our youth is you know starting out with hey you know how are you guys doing i just want to let, let everybody know i love to get high right my podcast high wall clean highness doesn't come from drugs it comes from people it comes from within us we get high on our own chemicals and so you know, if, if we can go in with an honest tactic in talking to our youth and I, if I spoke in that manner, people would open up their eyes Well, wow, maybe I should listen. This might be interesting, you know? Right. And then, right, right. I, and then I can go into obviously talking about, you know, if you, if you want to stay high the rest of your life, drugs, aren't the way to do it, you know, because drugs are just going to destroy that ability. Right. And so then you can go into an education, but you need to open up their ears. You know, because if, if I go in and I talk to the youth and I say, drugs are bad, drugs are, you know, they don't, you know, they're you shouldn't do them. They're hurtful. They're, they're going to kill you, this kind of stuff. Well, if you're talking to an invincible youth that know everything and they've tried drugs and they're going, what are you talking about? You know, you've just, they've closed up their ears and they're not going to listen to what you say because in their mind, you've lied to them you know, from their experience, if they've done them and they've had a good experience, (laughs) you know, because, you know, our youth don't look, our youth don't look at the concept of like, well, if I'm doing this, maybe I become addicted. And what's it going to look like 30 years down the road, right? You know, our youth aren't going to look at it like that.
1: (laughs) Right. If If you were to go back and we were to get the government to go ahead and put a study and do you ever have a conversation with your clients about when it was they started and how long and that process and so on and so forth, because maybe there'd be a way of, of stopgates of things that we could do that, you know, signs of, you know, we have signs of what you should do before you become pregnant, so on and so forth. And I, I know from one of the contributors to my book, um, Ken Under who's the king of the opioid drug worlds, that opioid addiction in this time is, Nasty, and he says the problem is the way they treat it is with drugs. That's not the answer, and as as you said, it's all about communication. So he'll he'll get with people who are really um, just out of the place, and he gets them in a conversation, and you just start unraveling that information that goes ahead and and gets to it. So. When, when people are coming to see you in, in the work that you're doing, are they also on medication with that or are they without medication that they're with you in this process?
0: It, de- it depends. You know, some of them will be, uh, some of them will see a doctor, um, you know, in the program, they'll get put on medications, you know, usually they're, I mean, w- once they're beyond the detox, I mean, obviously some people get on Suboxone or subitex or stuff for the detox, uh, detoxing from alcohol, maybe they put them on Xanax or Valium, you know, to get them off the alcohol. But once they're off that, some go on to antidepressants, you know, but again, I'm not a doctor. So that's something that's that.
1: Right. You know, right. Right. What right. They do.
0: Um, but it, it is very common, you know, and we do look at, um, you know, we do biopsychosocial assessments and we look at, you know, their whole history Um the big question, you know, some of them, and, and one of the theories behind it is that there's a, uh, you know, like a pleasure deficiency, you know, that, that occurs within addicts, you know, that there's some kind of deficiency in the mid part of the brain that causes people to use drugs and use them excessively. You know, that this is sort of, you know, this, this theory that they're really looking at. Um, and so if we're looking at mental illness, you know, the, the other question that we roll around is that like, did the mental illness predate the drug use? Was it the drug use that caused, you know, this mental illness? And that's of course a big uh, struggle for a lot of people, especially if people you started using at a young age. Um, and, but yeah, there are so many, you know, uh, problems that I see within, you know, the industry, within our government. You know, um, the, and, and again, I'm actually a big fan of legalizing drugs, you know, um, because of all of the, the say, harm reduction tactic um, that could probably save a lot of lives um, by, by doing that route um, other, other countries have already shown that it is very effective. Um, you know, one of the scares is that, oh, you know, more people are going to do it. Well, they really, there's a lot of evidence out there with different countries that have tried it. That's not the case. People don't do drugs because they're, they're illegal or not illegal. <laughs> you know, there's other reasons why people decide not to use drugs, you know, and it doesn't have anything usually to do with the legality behind it. Um, you know, I also think Tarasov, you know, is a, is a, uh, um, an issue that we run into, you know, in this industry, you know, well, we're, we're all about confidentiality, but unless you say you're going to hurt yourself, hurt somebody else, you know, we will never say anything. It's important to us, but don't tell me you're going to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else, you know? And so then you get all the people that just don't, oh, okay, I won't say anything, you know? Um, and, uh, and there needs to be a more of a discretionary thing, I believe, you know? I mean, we believe in honesty, but not real honesty, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and, I, and I think that harms people. I think it has harmed people. Um, you know, people that really want to kill themselves aren't going to say anything usually, you know, in a lot of cases. Um, but the ones that are maybe looking for the attention, maybe are, are depressed, but are reaching out for help, you know, they may say something. But then if there's an idea that I'm going to get locked in a hospital, if I say it, you know, that's maybe a little bit different, you know? Um, Right, right, right. You know, and, and, you know, the, like, terrorist threats is another one to me that's odd because, you know, if, you know, I could actually be charged and convicted of a felony for something that I never actually did, (laughs) you know? These are just thoughts I have, and I said it. Wow. And, uh, you know, I say, I'm going to fucking kill you, you know, then, you know, you could call the police, they could be reported, and I could get a terrorist threat charge for something that I didn't actually do, you know? Um, And so these things are kind of bizarre with me, you know, in my mind that, that uh, I think it, I think in some cases it does more harm because then I'm not going to say anything and because I'm not talking about it, I'm gonna probably be more li- likely to do it,
1: right? Right. Right. Because I'm right, not right, able right.
0: to get it out, you know? right?
1: That's 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 the power of writing. That's the power of music.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, if somebody sees, but if somebody sees writing that has that stuff too. <laughs> but, but, but
1: but but still, if you know, you're talking about getting it out, and I always think that you know we have ways of, of expressing and maybe it's getting it out on paper that that gives them the confidence to go ahead and share it with you. Mm-hmm. You know, the old saying, if, if you write it down before you go ahead and tear it up, look at it for two days. And if you think it's that bad, then you don't send it, send yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: the national association of mental illness has, has made some good forays in there. And um, I used to be in this coffee connect group up in um, the Ventura area. And there'd be a lady there who'd always be to be doing these reports. And I remember the numbers that are out there and resources that I've seen that they're, are a resource that um, people can get out the number and, and give them a call. It might even one 800 NAMI or something like that. Um, a place that they can go to, to, to get help in these, these difficult and, and trying times.
0: Well, one of the things that, that has happened, and this has been a problem is that during this epidemic or, you know, with the COVID thing, um, you know, all of these overdose deaths and all that kind of stuff has sort of just been pushed aside. Nobody's thinking about that stuff anymore. You know, nobody's really, there's a, there's um, so much money that's been redirected, you know, to other things that the, um, you know, dealing with these drug addicts and the substance abuse and things um, has sort of been pushed by the wayside, you know, and, that, and that's how's that, been a problem.
1: How is that going to affect the drug abuse of the world to come? Is that going to increase it?
0: The overdose, I, absolutely, you know. Um, I mean, I even look at, and this is just things that really, I think need to be looked at, but even with, you know, federally funded programs, you know, so they put the federal government, you know, you know, puts more than half the money against reduced supply, right? And then the other part, they do put money towards reduced demand, right? So this is right. like treatment programs and things like that. But the problem, the problem comes at if, if I'm gonna request funding to get into a treatment program that's federally funded, um, it's not an immediate thing, right? I have to request it, then I have to fill out paperwork, I have to fill out documentation, then I have to wait, and then maybe sometimes on some point. By the time that happens, I don't wanna get clean anymore. I mean, that's the reality behind it. You know, with, with people that wanna go into drug treatment, it needs to happen like that. If, if somebody says, I'm ready, you got about 10 seconds to get that person in the car to get them to rehab. Otherwise they're going to be like, ah, maybe not, you know, I mean, it needs to happen quick. And that, and that's where, um, you know, there's just other things that really need to be looked at, you know, how can we do this? I mean, you have to understand the, the addict mind, you know, to realize that time is of the essence. So, but as we end this, I want to ask you real quick, let's give, let's end, let's end on a positive note. Um give us something.
1: Well, I just want to say for anybody who goes ahead and listens to this show and is inspired by it, you can go to my webpage, which is my name. You'll see it on the back here, and on the bottom it says Rosalind Khan. You go to RosalindKhan.com. you write uh backslash and write the word be kind with a backslash, and that's going to take you to a link that I'm going to gift you my first book on random acts of kindness. So if you go click on that, RosalindKhan.com. go ahead and put the Backslash the forward slash. Be kind. I'm sure Eric will probably put it in, in there for you. And please, if you can go ahead and follow me, if I've said something that inspired you, um, follow me on Instagram. Click on my YouTube accounts, and um, got lots of pictures, of dogs, roses, and other things, and some some great videos that will truly inspire you. So a lot of it's out there, and I just want to say that your life does matter. There are people who do love you, and if you say that each and every day, we can save people's lives. Thank you so much, Eric, for inviting me. It's been a true honor and and pleasure.
0: Absolutely. This has been fantastic.
1: And I'm looking forward to doing more great stuff together.
0: Absolutely. It's been fun. I, you know, obviously I was able to get in your book and, and uh, I uh, obviously was on your podcast. And, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, that, so. was, that
1: was wonderful. And I appreciate you going out and, and, and sharing it. And I'm sure you'll have other people who goes in the, in the next edition of the next one that's coming out. Thank you so much for, for being one of those contributors.
0: Absolutely. I want to thank everybody for tuning into another episode of High Wall Clean. Keep getting high, but let's do it clean. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Take back your story